Hello and welcome to our episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Joining me today is Wario Will. TDIF, everyone. Thank God it's Friday. And also, a happy Lunar New Year, everybody. So if anybody who's celebrating out there on the Lunar New Year, by all means, happy New Year. And uh, yeah, just enjoy the weekend because it is going to be very fun, if anything else. So yep, happy Lunar, Lunar New Year. I could have sworn you said TVIF. Like, what's the P stand for? <laughs> it did not sound like G, Will. I'm just saying. All right. Eh, unfortunately, my team's kind of messed up, so I'm probably my enunciation's a bit messy, unfortunately. So, but yeah, TGIF, TGIF. There you go. That time I heard it. All right. Uh, and something I also occasionally hear is Skull Kid Scott. Yeah, the weekend, I think. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get with, with by, by the time to listen to this podcast, we're going to be in Friday and then we'll be Saturday and Sunday and all that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Unless someone listens to it on Monday, then I feel bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, if they're listening to it versus working, I don't mind that. <laughs> we need the lessons, people. Please give us the clicks. Thank you. <laughs> I've been I've been seriously tagging NEP into like almost every article I've written recently just to make sure people know it's there. So I'm doing work, people. That's why I'm the host. And speaking of people who are also not the host, it's Falcon Five. Hi. I think it's cute because Pokemon Go actually added fireworks for Lunar New Year and it's like so precious because oh. it's just the middle of the day and the sky is like bright on the game and you just see random little sparks up in the air and I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's fireworks. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I guarantee you that's one Pokemon we're never going to see a fireworks Pokemon. Just wait so for cool it. Wait up. for it. They will make it. I know. <laughs> or, like, or, like, or like a Pokemon that's like maybe a turtle and it has like sparklers on its back. That would be so cool. Oh, that would t- they would totally do. They would be called like a water and fire type, and like I don't know. I mean, they did do uh, what was it? Uh, Vulcan, not Vulcan, Vulcanian, like the steam Pokemon. It was fire and water. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so they 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 are more than up for. I was just I was thinking they can't do a fireworks Pokemon because by definition we would eventually have to blow up <laughs> the shortest lived <laughs> Pokemon in the universe. Oh, whoops! <laughs> Cr- Crackler, there you go. <laughs> Pokedex entry, Crackler, the fireworks Pokemon. This Pokemon only lives a short while because it eventually explodes, but the sparkles <laughs> will eventually grow new Cracklers. It's a vicious cycle of life and death. <laughs> oh, no, 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 wait. The invasive species Pokemon, they're short-lived, but they multiply like mad. <laughs> like, a, like a bad fireworks display. <clears throat> yeah. Hot. We're available for work, Pokemon Company. <laughs> Alright, well, this week has been a very interesting one with lots of rumors, as our title has suggested, and news revelations and potential for the future. But first, what have you been playing? And Faith, since you weren't here last week, why don't you tell us what you have been playing? I've mainly only been playing Pokemon, which surprises nobody. <laughs> I've been playing I've been playing Pokemon Go mainly because I'm trying to evolve my Magikarp, which revol- oh, which good requires luck. like yeah, it requires like four hundred candies and I'm like all my uh... things I have tomorrow. I should just take another walk and I'll get it. Um and then I've been playing um Pokemon Violet and I'm about to start um Pokemon Scarlet thanks to Todd. So that's about all I've played recently. Now you might notice, ladies and gentlemen, that the last time Faith was here, she was playing something else. But she's not playing that anymore now, are you, Faith? <laughs> what was I playing? Power <laughs> World! 
<laughs> the other Pokemon oh, yeah. game that's not Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah. want to know why? Do tell. Okay, so, you know, I think the game's cool and all, and I would like to get back into it. But, you know, it was very short-lived because then, uh, it was like a few days after the podcast, I went on Twitter. And that's when I started discovering that people were posting things, and they were posting things about how their pals died in battle. And then I just realized how much that'll cause my mental state to decline. So I decided maybe it's better if I take a step back. So, yeah. Uh, that's life. Well, death, but you get what I mean. <laughs> life, death, life, death. The circle of life. It's the circle, the circle of life. Lion King reference. Yep. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> ironically, that's not the only... We haven't heard like anything meaningful from Pal World in about a week, and so that makes me think that, you know, it was, it's one of those, like, not like a firework, you know, it's just, it goes off, and it's nice, big, and explodey, <laughs> and it's colorful, and then it's just like, okay, that's over, let's go do something else. <laughs> yeah, because we got, like, three back to... or Yeah, three titles that came all out at once on Steam that all got huge. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. and, and it's no longer the number one game on Steam. Now that's something I had seen. It, it lost to another, like a PlayStation title or something. Yeah, Hell Divers, <clears throat> which is odd. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you lost to that game. You lost to what, what was that? You want us to be a wannabe spaceship troopers, starship troopers, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, basically, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you lost to that. Congrats. So, well, I'm I'm curious about the longevity of Pal World because I really think it's one of those things where you know it's like everyone's talking about it, like ooh this is awesome and then you like play it for a while like Faith and it's like you know I think Pokemon's better and then they go back to that but we will talk about more <laughs> about Pal World later so for now uh, I'm glad you're enjoying Pokemon though Faith that's nothing wrong with that enjoy what you do uh, I will go next because honestly I have only been playing one thing over the last week because I've been uh, dealing with work and that's the Apollo Justice. Uh, trilogy. Ah, okay, okay. Nice. Yes, I have not touched uh, Persona 3 Reload or uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Lots of threes. <laughs> think about it. No, think about it. Baldur's Gate, uh, uh, Persona, and Apollo Justice Trilogy. That's three. So <laughs> The power of three. Uh, it's my lucky number, and that's a shoot, ladies and gentlemen. So, but yeah, it's, uh, I've been enjoying it. It's, it's hilarious going back to these cases after, gosh, what was it? The original Apollo Justice was 2008, I think. And then Dual Destinies was 2013. So that's 15 and a decade and 15 years right there. Uh, Spirit Justice was 2016. I haven't reached that one yet. But it's interesting looking at it from the viewpoint of like, oh, I remember when this is like really like not as tight sprite animations for Apollo, the first game. And then mm-hmm. they jumped to 3D for the second and third game and seeing how that translates to the Switch. So far, the transition has been mostly seamless. Um, the first game, just in case you didn't know, the first game is fully 2D. Uh, it fall in line with what it was on the original DS, and then the last two games are, of course, 3D. But uh, everything's been improved or you know, given that HD look, which you can tell most of the time, and you can see like little details they added, and then other times you can tell the details they did not add. <laughs> yeah, like there are certain... Uh, things that look blurry even though it, you can see them clearly uh certain character models have a weird shading look it's, it's really hard to describe i don't know what the proper word for it but it's like when the foreground and the background don't feel like they match mm. you know like they like they like they're not in the same like world or space kind of thing yeah like they're not on the same paint like plane yeah like if you took um it's really hard to describe i wish there was a word that i knew for it 
but uh, it's like if you took like a tie dye thing, like a t- take a tie dye ball, and then you put it in front of a black background. It doesn't look right. Because <laughs> one, <laughs> <Those> stand- <are> my- <laughs> yeah, one stands out more than the other. So yeah, uh, this reminds me of like those old three D movie type things. <laughs> so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's still really good overall. The cases are fun. Um, it's it's so interesting to see how much it holds up at times. And then other things you remember, like, oh, yeah, this was a pain in the butt. Uh, the the guitar serenade, or turnabout serenade, remains one of the best and worst cases because it's got a great plot, but they harp on certain things so much. Like, they'll play a cutscene, then they'll give you, like, a minute of text, and then they'll go back and play the entire cutscene again. I just saw this. I don't need to see it again. And they did it, like, five times. And of course, the the logic system. Where we have to show this specific piece of evidence at this point, even though this other piece of evidence also proves the exact same thing. You know, it's 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 a thing. So, uh, but I do love this this trilogy. I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I will have my review up by next Tuesday at the latest. I'm just gonna. I won't get through the whole trilogy because of how long it is, but especially with the DLC cases. But I I know the games well enough that I just looking at this more of a, a remastered standpoint. You know, like, want to make sure that the graphics hold up, the voices hold up, and everything. So, so far it does. So, if you haven't gotten to play these before, definitely try it out now. Especially since now you have both trilogies on the Switch. So, and and they're not full price. They're not like sixty bucks. Games. <laughs> I think they're both thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, so you know, you could get uh, six games for the price of a full price one, and you'll have much more enjoyment than Starfield. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to work in the Starfield dick. I mean, uh, it, ha- it has been a running joke recently as well. As far as we're like, yeah, or you can like, I don't know, get the entire Yakuza tr- a series for less, <laughs> for about the same price, uh, like yeah, thirty or forty bucks. Or yeah, uh, how about this? Like, you can get the entire Apollo, yeah, the yeah, the Apollo uh, Justice, Apollo Justice trilogy for. All for six games, less than the African uh, uh, cosmetic pack and foam star. Like, <laughs> oh have gosh, you seen yeah. that in Twitter? On Twitter recently, yeah, the, the foam stars uh, DLC or microtransactions are horrendous. Yeah. And remember, it uses AI. Wow, well, just for the profile pictures. But that's how it starts, Scott. <laughs> that's how it starts. They do the little it's thing. It's already started. No. Is that exactly? <laughs> we talked about that on the previous podcast. We're like, this is how it starts. So, all right, but yeah, again, I've been playing that. That's all I've been playing. Uh, and I've, I've honestly had a busy week. I literally, I was telling, telling this to Faith. I really thought that once I got done with Sunday, which was when I got done with all my work, that I'd have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and today just to play Apollo Justice, so that I could at least get to Spirit of or Spirit of Earth. That's a fanfic I wrote. Uh, it was good, by the way. Good fanfic. Then IGN deleted their blogs. Mm-hmm. It was. I had credibility. I had hype. All right, I had a loyal fan base. I did, and then IGN erased the blogs, and I lost the entire last book. So that's life, baby. Uh, what was I talking about? I don't remember. Oh, a spirit, a spirit of justice. Before I got to my review, but then things just started happening, and of course, the cases are actually pretty long. There can be like a couple hours, depending on how long the individual cases are. So uh, I'm hoping to get spirit of justice before my review, but you'll get a very good indication of how great this remaster trilogy is so be on the lookout for that in the meantime uh will what have you been playing and why is it yakuza <laughs> surprisingly enough it's not yakuza 8 i haven't no! touched that thing in a while while wow, ever since uh, see there was another game that oh I that's did. right i'm sorry that's on, that's on me <laughs> so, that's on me yeah, so- 
as from continuing last week, like I finally have touched it, uh, Persona 3 Reload again. Thanks to Koopa Key for buying me a copy of the Collector's Edition. And uh, yeah, I'm currently at the second full moon right now. And speaking as a longtime Persona 3 fan, th- this game holds a near, a very dear place in my heart. And just like going back into the world of of your Persona 3, the, the music, the songs, and like the, the performances, like, not gonna lie, it brought tears to my eyes. I, I, I will not joke about that. It's like, especially like certain social links that, for example, um, Bebe, the, the Temperance Arcana, like, they definitely improved upon some things that was, but that was like, I don't know, like a different, a, a questionable choice in, in, in his social link, but here in Reload is much better. And of course, naturally exploring Tartarus this time around instead of the usual random, like there it is semi-random dungeon, but once you like map it out in the first time ago, it will stay um, mapped until you exit the dungeon for the day, which again, great quality life improvements from the team, like which I, I really loved. And just uh, my last session, I actually unlocked the DRG system uh, uh, after getting Fuka. And yeah, just like testing out that system sometime in the future. But yeah, just this game, it definitely brought back so much great memories. And of course, naturally, like the, the grinding. Oh, yeah, there is that grind with Antares. Like, uh, Todd, I, I know you had, you had to do the thing for, like, had to basically speed your explorations for the review. But like, like, have you seen like playthroughs of people like basically going through like going through all the floors like a, that's a certain amount of levels until like you hit that wall in one night? Oh yeah, I saw uh, <laughs> I saw a meme actually, and it was the leader full HP, full MP or whatever, and he's looking at his party and goes, "Okay, guys, ready to go to another level?" And they're like like almost dead all the way around, <laughs> and uh, the tweet the tweeter was like, "This is you know for all the people who think they can't get through Tartarus in one night." I'm like. I mean, you could, but you don't have to. And I pointed that out in my review or my beginner's guide. I'm like, you can conserve your MP and save it for the later levels when you really need to, you know, do the grinding. Because if you just blast through everything, you're going to have to retreat earlier. So I rec- I was very comfortable doing two to three Tartaruses uh, a month. And I never felt, I never lost out anything with the night sessions. I really did. <laughs> I, I, you could definitely do it again. It's all up to how you want to play. But for, for me, I even did that in the original game and went through it one night again. Thank you for, for the new system in the Unclub escapade. We're going to the fortune, fortune reading to actually get, um, more rare, rare shadows, which mm. those things help out so much. Yes. Like that was such a great quality. Like, they, it is, but those, those golden hands suck. Yeah. If that they do, that they do, but thankfully they do have a weakness, which is the light spell, so that thing saves you a lot. Of time. Well, hold on, I'm just going to warn you ahead of time, that changes. Okay, good to know, good yeah, to know. There, there are some that have no magical weaknesses. Those are the higher floors. But yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, change yeah. it up, so you've got to scan them constantly, because some are weak to physical attacks, some are weak to magical attacks, and then other times you just need to through her energy, blast them, and, you know, end them in one shot. Okay, so. okay, so, yeah, like like in the original games, gotcha, gotcha. So, but, yeah, thankfully, yeah, the quality left improvement theirs, and... Yeah, just I absolutely just love this game at the moment right now, and just I, like oh, I'll talk all night if, if, if I don't stop. But overall, <laughs> if you ha- haven't got a chance to play Persona Three Reload, by all means, like get it PS4, PS5, what Game Pass, whatever. Please play this game; you will not, not, not regret, honestly. 
And of course, naturally, the biggest thing that happened this past week is obviously the Final Fantasy VII uh, Rebirth state of play and also the release of the demo. And <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, like I love Persona 3 Reload, but but and but Final Fantasy VII Rebirth at the moment right now, holy moly, this is easy game of the year contender and the demo. If you have a PS5, by all means, you always you have to actually get download this demo right now in your PS5 because it is just that dang good. Like, and like j- j- just quick a quick app because I want to only halfway through the demo. But um, like uh, Scott, you also played the demo, which yes, I'm pretty yes, sure talked about as well. But uh, you, you you did that mini game regarding to the piano part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like that. That is. That's gonna be my bane, my existence right there, because I I do have some experience in rhythm games, and I actually just last night I actually did manage to get the perfect uh, play in the low the low speed, but I did manage to get a perfect in that in that uh, piano oh, mini game. Actually, got but, perfect. I still miss messed up a lot of the notes. <laughs> yeah, like the fact they had to go watch two circles, and like I I can't imagine like the higher difficulties with the different octaves and all that. Like holy moly! Yeah, good luck. Like, <laughs> like I I played rhythm games before, but jeez Louise, this thing is gonna be like tough for me, but. Yeah, like the amount of details in that demo. Like Scott can compliment me after this, but yeah, just there's just so much good. And again, playing a Sephiroth, yeah, Final Fantasy Reverb is gonna be gonna be it's gonna be big. It is gonna be big, and we're just gonna stop it right there. And Scott can <laughs> trip him up because it is just that again, it's just that good. I cannot wait for Reverb. I cannot wait. Okay, yeah. then. Scott. <laughs> so I guess I'll just chime in with the first part of, yes, I have played the demo. I've beaten the demo. And uh, I, as someone who's played the original and Crisis Core and some of like the old phone games, like the Before Crisis game. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, they do a lot of callbacks in the demo alone with Nibelheim. So when you play like the Before Crisis and you play um crisis core and there's even like novels which i haven't read any of the books but i was actually looking through one of our uh one of our other big final fantasy 7 fans a uh, play through the demo noted that some of the stuff also relates back to the books so they they put everything in like the compendium of final fantasy 7 into rebirth so there's going to be so much lore in this game that i'm just gonna like love but basically they add so many little details that kind of do more of the foreshadowing of like the big massive twist at the end of Final Fantasy VII. <clears throat> um, that I feel like if you've played Final Fantasy VII, you know what the twist is. If you haven't, then I'm not going to tell you what the twist is. But there's so much fun foreshadowing they do in it with how they relate with Cloud speaking and how they really the experience. And it's just, it's a fantastic um, demo. It, it's a fantastic retelling of Nibelheim. Mm-hmm, 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 and I really appreciate everything that they did with kind of the fidelity of the characters, of the models, of the animations. Like, we get to see Sephiroth in such a high fidelity of his his good persona before he went crazy. Yep, basically, basically, <laughs> yes. Where, like, he actually cares about people and, like, how much he, like, struggles when he watches one of his men die. And it's just, like, you feel so bad knowing that he's about to start killing a bunch of innocents <laughs> yeah like the, like the, um, the storytelling like maximilian dude again he pretty much has a perfect experience of it all it's just like the storytelling the music tones like the music cues of it all like it really does match well like the four boat that foreshadowing like haunting tune in Nibelheim. like you, yeah. you know what's gonna happen but yeah it still <clears throat> plays so perfectly yeah there's only two hours of this demo but with these two hours they do so much with it 
And that's only the first half, or not even, well, that's the first part of the demo. I don't know how mm. big the second part's going to be. They say it's going to be like all of Junyon or some of Junyon we can play through. But yeah, it's going to be basically part. the open world areas. So we're going to actually see how they do the exploration, open world stuff, which to be fair is one of the things that I'm interested in because the original remake, or yeah, the first remake part doesn't do a lot of open world. It just mm. does a lot of like linear hallways and pathways with a little bit of like, external exploration with you can get side quests to like go to like caves and stuff but otherwise it was just like a one-to-one -one, like getting from one place to another place to another place experience yeah 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 like it, it, a lot of people fans basically cause us think that this final fantasy is becoming yakuza now because like <laughs> with the whole big open world map as well the plenty of side quests and mini games yeah like as i said before that piano game is gonna be my bane of existence if i'm gonna get all the music sheets <laughs> and i gotta perfect them and like i, I if they're oh, gonna geez. offer a reward for perfecting all those music sheets oh my lord I, please don't be that don't make that a trophy i want to platinum this game and i don't want to do that <laughs> yes yes that's gonna be <laughs> My name says, hopefully there's not. I mean, if there's a reward, fine. But please not make it a trophy because, like, that's that's gonna be the the task, the daunting task. Seriously, oh my gosh. But yes, I'll just want to reiterate that it is an absolute enjoyment of a time, and I do think that you want to play it. If you have a PS5, this is a must play. Mm, if mm, you don't, mm. then I don't know if I'd consider. I don't. I don't think the demo itself will be a must play thing to get for the PS5. So wait for the full game to launch. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. If you true. want to actually get the PS5 as a console for this game, or if you want to wait the like six or so months until it gets on PC. Right. Last I check on the fine print on the on the state of play trailer, I think that like it's only a console exclusive until like May of 2024. So yeah, you still gotta wait a few more months, I believe. More. Yeah, but then we also have the Final Fantasy 16 exclusivity that's already been gone and there's still no PC in sight. <laughs> mm. So maybe we'll we'll see. I mean, they're a little more gung-ho of put porting this to the PC than they are of Final Fantasy 16. So you never know. They may actually be all already working on the back end for that. But yeah, so this game, so Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is definitely going to be a day one purchase for me when it comes out. Mm. Um, the other, I mean, I've been playing actually a lot of games this week, but I, I'm on my third playthrough of Ground Through Fantasy now. So <laughs> <laughs> in case you're wondering. Um, but that's also because I agreed to help a friend with a playthrough, but he wanted to have the same levels, so... We both made a new playthrough at the same time to do a stream so that we can both be like experiencing the same thing. Uh... And just to read it from what last week, um, I really am really bad at finding crabs, apparently, because <laughs> I'm at chapter four in my third playthrough. I'm already at the same amount of crabs I had in my second. So, <laughs> well, you know, I'm getting I'm either I'm getting a lot better at finding crabs or I was really, really bad before. <laughs> wait, hold on. So if you're getting frustrated about this, would that make you getting rather crabby? Ah! Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, but, yeah, I, I guess you could say that. But the good thing is that means uh, you get a sigil in the beginning of the game called Krabby Resonance, um, that increases the level on your base stats for every single time you find a crab. Oh. And so now my my character is really OP because I'm at like level 15 <laughs> with that ah, sigil. Okay, okay, okay. On okay, chapter okay. four. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty much the Yakuza thing. Like, okay, get all the good stuff, especially getting all those crafts, get the idols, and like, boom, you're overpowered in the beginning. It's exactly that. <laughs> yeah, which it's really cool. I really appreciate it that I'm able to find it so fast. 
<laughs> I need to actually work on making a guide to find these, which means I might have to do a fourth playthrough just so I can have a clean slate. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I also played uh, Persona 3 Reload, but only uh, a little bit of it. I haven't had a lot of time. I only went did my like first um, day in Tartarus or okay, first okay, night okay, in okay. Tartarus. But I got to level or floor like thirteen. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, such yeah. a great number there, Scotty. That's <laughs> such a great number. Before I realized I probably shouldn't go to fourteen because uh, I had like no SP at all. <laughs> I I told you I read my beginner's guide. I <laughs> no! said in the beginner's guide. Never like that's what I did. I had no SP, but thankfully the snow slopes and it always, once you get, get that invigorate uh, skill card, that is a lifesaver. Oh, yes, yes. I haven't gotten that, but I did get a bunch of power slashes. <laughs> Got a little shuffle time. Everything's all randomized. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I, also... I find a bunch of pixies. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say you always go for the EXP because you're going to need it. And then you yeah. get EXP and Arcana cards. And then you can get the other stuff when you feel comfortable. So so I don't know if this is true for your experience because I, I don't remember when it was that I last played Persona 3. But one thing that I really noticed in persona 3 reload is just how better paced the beginning is um, <laughs> we made the same sound will fist bump <laughs> the sink, the sink. Fit, fit, fist bump baby look <laughs> i i actually thought that persona 3 reload had a really slow beginning like especially when you compare it to persona 5 where they're like okay you're transfer student like the next day you see the first temple or whatever it was called and then you're like right to work like this yeah. one, this one took a much slower approach. It, Persona Three is is arguably the much more slower pace, just because again, it, it takes time to really build up until you face off again when you get Danatos's your awakening, obviously. So like, yeah. yeah, Persona Five is like you're straight into the palace, you're straight into. Well, the... I'm not saying it's better the pace than Persona Five. I said it's better than the original Persona Three. The original Persona Three, um, it's pretty much only the same thing. I mean, but storytelling itself, it, it does go flow a bit more, more better. I feel like, but did like, you just not hear me when I said it wasn't Persona Five? What the heck? Persona Three, <laughs> Persona Three. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, it is a little bit slower in Persona Three Reload, but I also think that I like it that way because I felt in the original that they threw too much at you in Persona Three in the beginning because they introduced so many mechanics to you. And five or in three reloaded, they do a lot better pacing, spacing out the mechanics. So that's, that's idea, why yeah, yeah, yeah. I am saying that I it feels better paced to me because it doesn't feel like they're chalking everything at you at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's yeah, that's yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even play Persona three, Todd. <laughs> Not the original, but I played Reload and was really slow to me like especially at the beginning like yeah i mean yes they start out with the full moon battle but then it just like kind of drags on to that next one and i know that once it picks up and like once you really get going it's fine but it does start out really slow but then again that was also the game that changed everything so they probably wanted a little bit of a slower start before upping the ante in four and five yeah so again and i for and i noted that in my review i'm like there are clear things that they could have changed to be more like four and five, like what they did with Thurgy and shifting and all that stuff. But they clearly wanted to, you know, maintain what was going, what happened in the original game, like with the social links in regards to Mitsuru, Fuka, and uh, Yukari. So, like how you can't social link with them immediately. Even yeah. They, they could have totally changed that, which I kind of wish they did. Yeah. Because... The, the funny thing is that they did. So, 
I guess this is just more of a how to explain things for when you played original Persona 5, they did that exact same thing they did in Persona 3 where you had to get max stats where you could actually do social links. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh -huh, they uh -huh. changed that in uh, Royal. So you never, you didn't actually have to max out everything before you could do the social links. Yeah. So I was hoping that I, like, that is something I do agree that I wish that they changed the same way they did with Royal. You don't need to get max social links where you can actually do some of the social, or yeah, social yeah. stats where you can do social links. Yeah, because I hated that. Like, and like uh, in four, golden uh i'm like really deep into the game and we just get naoto as a playable character and i'm like okay hey we gotta start her social i even was, I was looking at a guide to look up something and they go you have to go quickly because you're getting close to the end of the game and you need to get with naoto or you know talk with naoto and whatever and i'm like okay so i go to her and it goes oh you must have a social link yep. rank of five <laughs> and i was like four and i'm like oh crap so i'm like i'm probably not going to max out that social link and that's just because i don't have the time and i don't have the ability yep. and i know that there were other social links in four that i completely missed because i didn't do things in the very exact way that atlas wanted to be like what do you want from me atlas <laughs> yeah that, that's what i'll give props to i actually am following a, a guy for a one round social link again they, props to power picks <laughs> do, do, doing the calculations because that thing is a godsend yeah. so if you want to do it just one round social links uh, check out power picks shout out yeah. to you man i missed two like one i didn't even start until much late like like january late because of timing and then the other one i just didn't care about haraga the art the art dude and i'm just mm. like yeah i'll get to them later and then i then i didn't and then, and then when I was up for doing it, they weren't available. I'm like, how's that my fault? <laughs> how's that my fault? They're that only you're not certain available? days. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Well, let's get to the news because it's been a very interesting week for curious points and rumors and rumors and rumors and rumors and reports and rumors. So, <laughs> it's time to go down the warp pipe. And first, we were. We all thought we were going to get it last week, but instead we got it this week, which was the financial data for the Nintendo Switch and its software. And ladies and gentlemen, we are on the precipice of history. Yay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> louder. Louder in the back. Yay. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So the big one, obviously, is that the Nintendo Switch is at 139.36 million units sold. So let's just be honest, it's probably like really close to 140 right now. So let's just round up. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> remember, these, these sales data numbers is for the end of 2023. So we've already got yep. another month of sales. So yeah, it's probably like closer to 140 right now, if not over. So let's just say 140, which means that right now it is less than 15 million away from the top two spots, which are held by the Nintendo DS at 154 million units sold and the PS2 at 155 million units sold. And depending on what Nintendo does this year, which we'll get to, you hear my voice crack there, which we'll get to, <laughs> we'll get to, um, there are people who believe that it could take the top spot. I think that's a bold prediction, but it will depend on when the next console releases obviously and the games that come out because as we've reiterated for weeks now there aren't a lot of let's just call them system movers right now mm -hmm. yep right now i mean i know i know faith is excited for peace showtime yes but i wouldn't call that a system seller nor would i do it for Mon or mario donkey kong i was gonna say monkey kong <laughs> which Monkey actually Kong. which was actually yeah which actually faith if you didn't know this donkey kong was actually supposed to be called monkey kong but there was a translation glitch that's funny that's true 
But uh, and they even referenced that in the very terrible 3D animated show. Uh, yeah, that happened. Don't watch the death battle about it. But uh, so I could they sell that much? Maybe, but they would have to have at least one big system seller this year, and I don't know if they have it. But still, 139 million were. Uh, a lot of people didn't even think it would sell, you know, 20, 30, however many. That's insane. Mm. Yeah. Clearly, that's all they have to say about that. Wow. <laughs> I, I give this to them, ladies and gentlemen, and then they don't talk, and they wonder why I'm the host. I'm speechless. <laughs> I mean, Clearly. like, the numbers speak for itself, basically. You don't really need to talk about that. Like, Nintendo has been going so well with these things. Even though I, I did read the article, it's basically, like, even those... Hardware stuff has kind of like plateaued at, at the moment right now. It's still it's still already good enough as it is. Yeah. Like as like we're like this is the seventh year now. Uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're we're literally about to hit year, the the seventh anniversary. Yeah. So like we're seven years in. It's doing so well. And like who knows? Maybe b- before Switch Two comes out, like maybe we can still like, add a few more. Like yeah like, the numbers speak for itself it's really nothing much to yeah. say the only thing like if there's if there's gonna be like one g- more game this is the last hurrah like i don't know like they have a smash but they have a mario they have donkey <laughs> kong they're just missing as a metroid or f-zero or something of that sort if they have something of that caliber then perhaps we can get more sales that way but who knows again <laughs> we don't know what nintendo is cooking at the moment yeah totally agree and also just to put this in further context if you take the Switch number for console sales and you put it next to the Wii U number for console sales, the Wii U literally sold like 10%. Yeah. yeah. The Wii U sold, I think, it was, I think it was close to 13.9 million in its lifetime. Years, Faith, years of the Wii U. And it sold 13.5 million. And that just a little over that amount of time, the Switch sold 139. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, what does that tell us, Faith? That the Wii U was not a favored console. <laughs> such a true. Del- such a delicate way of putting that. I appreciate that, Faith. You know, <laughs> you, you could have said the Wii U was awful, the Wii U sucked, that you know, Nintendo bombed, but no, it's just like it was not a preferred console. Oh, we gotta go higher pitch. <clears throat> it was not a preferred console. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that I played the Wii for the first time of the day. I played Paper Mario, and I like the Wii, but I've never experienced a Wii U, so I Good. really I, I don't have personal preference on it. Good, you saved yourself. <laughs> you probably don't need to. Yeah. Now, to be clear, Most of the good games, except for you know a certain one. Yes. On Switch now. <laughs> all but one. <laughs> Which is all the more ironic because the two games in that series that came after it were Smash hits on the Switch. So yes. Where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the... No. A lot, lot of singing going on this tonight's podcast. I don't mind. I got a good voice, or so I'm told. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're definitely going to keep an eye on this. And remember, just even though the Switch successor, whatever it's called, is coming soon, the Switch is still going to sell. That was actually one of the yep. perks for both mm-hmm. the PS2 and the PS4. Because PS4 was selling long after the PS5 came out, mainly because no one could get the PS5. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 So if that happens to the Switch successor. We're probably going to see you know continued sales of the Switch for some time. Not the least of which is because of the massive gaming library it has. So yep. we'll have to see how it goes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, takes us to the software news, where the two highlights for the final quarter is that Super Mario Brothers Wonder reached uh, 
just under 13 million units sold. And, oh, sorry, it was 12 units, 12 million units sold, but still 12 million in less than three months. And uh, Super Mario RPG Remake sold over 3 million units in about six weeks. Yes. And that's important because as I found out while writing this, that means that the remake has outsold the lifetime sales of the original on the SNES. Yes. Mm, oh wow. Yep. 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 Good. That's great news. That's absolutely great news. I'm I'm just glad that like the, the current generation can finally experience this classic land. That's that means just... more people own the remake than the original. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> mm -hmm, this is mm -hmm, true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, obviously, there are some you know things to note, like how the SNES didn't have you know the sales. Let's call it the sales units movements of the Switch, but that doesn't matter. It really nah. it really doesn't because if you think about it. The S, uh, the the SNES is one of the most beloved systems ever. Like, yeah. Period. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of sales units, it was one of the best. It had how many legendary titles that we're still talking about today, and the original Super Mario RPG was one of them. More so, than three. More than three. <laughs> you know, I I would go on a limb and say four. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's bold. I know, Scott, but I I feel like I can make that I can make that claim stick. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was one of them who I, I never owned the original. I had to go to Great Lakes just to try and play it, including emulators. Never worked out. Yeah. Um, who knew? Like illegal ROMs, such emulators wouldn't work on my PC. Who the thought? <laughs> um, so I was thrilled to get this, and even though I didn't give it the best of scores, I get a four out of five because it there were clear changes to the remake that you know made it really easy. Um, I still had fun. It was, and I could finally say I played and beat Super Mario RPG, and clearly a lot of other people feel otherwise, and so I feel comfortable that this game's going to get at least to 4 million, if not 5, over the course of however many months and such. So, yep. yeah. Also, another small side note, Tears of the Kingdom passed 20 million units sold. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that game was a success. Maybe. J just maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and just remember... <laughs> If nothing else, it'd be Call of Duty. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> but it did not beat Harry Potter, which it, isn't that the biggest surprise of all. That yes. was just something like. You mean Hogwarts Legacy? Yeah, this yep. is true. Yes, this is the very true. same. Yes. No, I was talking about the NDA redacted title game that we played together that one time. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I remember. No, I haven't heard anything more about that. There you go. They probably heard my criticisms and buried it. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's been a really good uh, sales week or a news week for Nintendo. And usually this is where we would go into more positive things and talk about like the wonders of Nintendo's future. But are we going to do that? No, because we're now confined to talk about the Nintendo Switch successor rumors and the Nintendo Direct rumors, and the Switch 2 games rumors that have been flooding the internet for the last four days, and I am not amused. Uh, here we go again. <laughs> here we go. Uh, so let's start off with, with uh, the big one from today, like today at the time of this recording. Um, there are a bunch of people, including the infamous Nate that hate. Okay, I can't, I can't take this. Who names themselves Nate the Hate and expects to be taken seriously? Haters. <laughs> Haters! Don't you know it's all the rage these days? Haters! <laughs> Cup of haters, Will! Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, according to Nate the Hate, Nintendo is, quote, poised and ready for a Switch to reveal in... Drumroll, please. <laughs> that worked better than I thought it would. Uh, March! 
Which means we could be weeks away from a big Nintendo event showcasing the Switch 2 or Switch successor, whatever you want to call it. Now, to be clear, this is for the reveal event. Not unlike what we got with the Switch in January 2017. This is not the, it's going to be launched in March. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> okay. I just I want to make that clear so that we're not the weird source of a new rumor. Like, oh yeah, it's coming out. That's not what we said. Uh, no. not, stop spreading lies, Faith. Uh, or Faith's partner, who I know is listening to this. <laughs> He's out there somewhere. And uh, But no, according to him and certain others, there are beliefs that we could be getting the Switch to success or whatever we want to call it, reveal event in March. Here's why I don't believe that. One, I really feel we would have heard about, about it from Nintendo by now. Yep. Yes. Now, I can't... I will not Disagree. Say, I'm sorry. Okay. Are you going against your big brother and your host? <laughs> How dare! She just thought of Phoenix Rise that objection. Objection! 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 Uh, here's, here's why I, I, the host think this isn't going to happen. I really feel you would have heard about it from Nintendo by now, if for no other reason for hype, because remember the last time they had a massive event with a huge venue. This wasn't a Nintendo Direct. This was a live presentation with games, with special guests like Todd Howard, you know, who the black sheep of the Todd family, especially after the, the Starfield debacle. Uh, you know what you did, Todd. You know what you did. <laughs> but uh, this was a huge venue, and I really feel, like, especially if it was like early March, they would have given everyone like a month's notice. Now, I can't remember, obviously, when they announced the Switch reveal event, but I want to feel it was more than two weeks' notice. So, I don't know. And this, just the way that, yes, you can say, but the Switch was released in early 2017. Yes, it was. But that doesn't mean they're going to do that again. As we highlighted a few podcasts back, the Wii and the Wii U both came out in November, which is what Scott yep. guessed on his Nintendo draft pick. So he's really hoping that this isn't the case. <laughs> it's like, don't It'll be the first time I failed. <laughs> and it won't be the last. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm scared for all of our draft picks, for the record. So yes. let, let's just start here. Let's go around the table. Uh, I'll start with Faith, since she's in such a disagreeing mood tonight. Why do you think we could get this reveal in March? I don't know. You know, I think... From from what I heard, okay, so this is going to be a long backstory that I that we're just going to take a minute. So you I'll know get when popcorn, I heard, <laughs> yeah, get your popcorn, get your popcorn and your snacks. I'll wait. Okay, so I think based off of what people said, at least I could have been lied to, but everybody said that it was a very shocking announcement when the switch was announced, and that it was like what two three months before actually was sold so like when they announced it it was like really close to actually being sold and like in stores and online to where i just wonder and especially with the way that um the directs have gone recently which is not that exciting of games coming out let's be honest a lot of the games coming out right now are kind of just like yeah we're excited for some of them but it's like they're not like oh wow this game like animal crossing or pokemon or this that and the other where it's like a big title where like everybody's really excited they're just like kind of games to get us by to where i'm like would nintendo really push to try and make it like a whole nother year until like close to the end of the year to announce it is that smart i don't know uh i i do want to update 
something I said before. I said I didn't remember when Nintendo announced the, uh, what they call it the officially the presentation 2017 for the Nintendo Switch. They announced that in October of 2016. They announced it like two months ahead of time, three months ahead of time. Just to let you know, like, hey, on January uh, 13th, 2017 is when we're going to announce the Switch. So they gave a three months head start. Like, yep. letting you know, hey, this is what we're going to talk about the next thing. And now I'm supposed to believe that they're going to do it to less than one month? I don't think so. But also, isn't that like a new going thing, though? <laughs> oh, you mean they're just going to shadow drop the Switch, too? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't mean like that. I'm just saying, like, since COVID, everything's changed to where these showcases, you know, they show stuff that's in the near future now, I feel like, because, you know, they're trying to push stuff out quicker. I, I understand that, but this, first of all, Nintendo has never been traditional. Like, let's be honest here. If they were, they, yep, yep. If they were traditional, they would have followed the path of, of Sony and Xbox to have, like, the best graphical system possible and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's not what happened. So, you know, and, and the Switch is another perfect example of that because who would have thought, hey, they're going to make a home console where you could take the console on the go with you and play your console games everywhere. No one had that predicted. So, yep. again, they're not traditional. Second, while I totally acknowledge and you're fair in saying that the COVID affected everything, this is, they know, and we're going to talk about this in one of our new, next news stories, but they, Nintendo has said they're taking their time and they're trying to make sure that they don't jump the shark like they had done like with the Wii to the Wii U, where they thought, oh, everyone loved the Wii, now everyone's going to love the Wii U. Yeah, about that. No. <laughs> so they know that if they do this the wrong way, they're going to hurt themselves. And Nintendo is tired of hurting themselves. They're so tired. <laughs> so I really don't think that they're, we're going to get like a random, hey, two weeks from now, we're going to do this event because that'll hurt the hype. That'll hurt, you know, people getting to the event. They announced it three months ahead of time, probably so that everyone could come and see the event because this is a big deal. And yeah, not like how like, and I hate using this example, but I got to give them their due, but like the Game Awards. We know when the Game Awards are, like, months ahead of time so that everyone can plan to be there. And then they'll be disappointed by the time they leave, but at least they know when they'll be there. So I see what you're saying. And, again, with the Nintendo Directs, they can say, oh, by the way, it's on Thursday or it's on Friday or it's tomorrow because they can get away with that because it's more about, you know, that the video comes out versus this, which is this affects their whole company. This is their stocks. This is their investors coming after them if they bombed another console. Uh, I don't think they're just going to say, they're not going to do what Scott said, shadow drop it or, 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 or do a very short lead up because they're going to want to build the hype over time and ensure that they get the most coverage possible. Yep. Will? Yeah, yeah pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, the host has spoken. <laughs> Now, obviously, all this could change. But again, who do you really want to believe? The host with the most or a dude named Nate the Hate? <laughs> I have spoken. Fro shizzle. All right. Now, this actually leads to the other rumors, which is the Nintendo Direct rumors. Now, if you recall, we had a very short main event last week where we talked about the Nintendo Direct because we didn't know what to talk about with the Nintendo Direct. Because there's only a few things that the uh, Nintendo Switch is likely to have in 2024. And that's just the truth. But then today, uh, a very interesting rumor came out from, wait for it, Nate the Hate. <laughs> okay, what's a worse name? Nate the Hate or Zippo? 
Probably Nate the Hate. Okay. Uh, Man, yeah, I'd probably say Hate. Did too. you say Zippo? Like yeah. Zippo, but a zipper? Yeah, Zippo. Z I P P O. Oh, wow. I know, right? And that dude's making all sorts of claims like every other month. And not many of them have been accurate. Uh, I've been keeping track. Because uh, it keeps. Now I'm just imagining like a hippo with like a zipper, like, you know, like a stuffed animal. <laughs> like a stuffed animal. And they're like, this is the new greatest stuffed animal to get your children the zippo. <laughs> I think it would sell. I think it could sell. <laughs> like, you have a big, like, the mouth could be like a storage container. Yeah. <laughs> See, high-risk toy companies, we're here. I'm not sure. Maybe Sanrio kind of had made something like that. I'm not sure. Here, feel, but... feel free to look it up, Faith, to make sure we're not copywriting anything. Uh, <laughs> we're going to make millions of dollars. <laughs> so how'd you, how'd you get rich? Oh, I had, you know, a business portfolio. How'd you get rich? Oh, I inherited money from my father. How'd you get rich? Oh, I made a giant uh, hippo with a zipper in its mouth. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Getting back to the Zippo, I mean, Nate the Hate. Uh, seriously, if we could make millions off of a, zip, a hippo zipper thing, he does, that'd be hilarious. Um, but he said that the next Nintendo Direct, which he predicts will be around the 15th, which is a week from today at the time of this recording, um, it'll be a partner's showcase, which means it'll be all third-party games and no first-party and possibly be a much shorter Direct as a result. Now, some of you might be having painful flashbacks. Yeah. Farming simulators. No. Yeah. Yeah. To the various partner showcases we had, I believe it was in 2020 or 2021, uh, partially because of the pandemic, obviously. But we had multiple partner showcases, and it was, you know, hard to watch. It's hard to watch when you knew that Nintendo was working on other things. And yes, they still got good games out. That's not the point. But it would be the ultimate indictment on 2024 if the first direct of the year is a partner showcase and we get, you know, like farming simulators or multiple, <laughs> multiple multi-platform titles and et cetera, et cetera. So, and we know that there are games planned for the summer, including Paper Mario Thousand Year Door Remaster Remake or whatever it is. Um, but I, I really hope there's more. <laughs> yeah, like... Let's not repeat history again, Nintendo, please. If it's a partner showcase, it's just like, okay, is this going to be the beginning of a week, another weaker year on your seventh, as a seventh, as we head into the seventh year of the, of the Switch? Like, if you want to bring, like, I don't know, more farming simulators or, I don't know, like more indie titles, like, well, no, that's indie showcase now. Like, yeah, farming simulators, Data Diver, or whatever, maybe like the anime licensed games, like, Okay, maybe fine. If you want to go and bring in those things into your partner showcase, fine. That's your prerogative. But yeah, come on. Have you not learned from from before, please? Now again, this is just a rumor. And remember, there was a rumor what was it, like three weeks ago that talked about you know we were going to get the Fire Emblem remake for Genealogy. We're going to get the Donkey Kong 30th anniversary game. We're going to get uh, Metroid Prime 2 remastered. So some people clearly think it's going to be a first-party direct, but then you got Nate over here saying it's going to be a third-party. So, yeah, rumors. Rumors. <clears throat> don't believe them. Yeah. Yes, again, <laughs> wait for the turtle to announce it. And we can, kind of don't, don't just speculate they're cooking. Just let them cook. Yeah. Don't hype yourself or unhype yourself. <laughs> yeah. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> And then, wait for it, ladies and gentlemen, we have Sega Rumors! 
Dreamcast 2. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> finally, finally. Don't give us hope. Don't give us hope. A console revival 20 years. It'll actually be 15 at this point. 15. No, actually, hold on. 25. 25 years in the making because Dreamcast was 1999. 9.99. So, yeah, 25 years in the making. <laughs> no, uh, the rumor is that the reason we don't have Persona 3 Reload on the Switch right now, heathens, is that Sega slash Atlas are going to put Persona 3 Reload, Metaphor Refantasia. Why is that a name? Why is that a name? Uh, Persona Better than Triangle Strategy. No. Is it, though? <laughs> it's Metaphor Refantasia. Like, uh, Atlas team says it's been strange. <laughs> I know, but like, like, at least Triangle Strategy is two real words. <laughs> Well, you don't like yeah, Metaphor Fantasio? Fantasio just rolls off the tongue so Re nicely. Refantasio! Refantasio! It's Italian, of course. <laughs> Mamma mia! Um, but yeah, Persona, Metaphor, Persona 2, and then all Sega IP reveals that were done at TGS and the Game Awards, if you recall. Uh, Jet Set Radio, what were the others? Right, the Sega Classic, Crazy, yeah, Taxi, Crazy Taxi, Golden Axe. Golden Axe. Um, yeah, basically all those revivals will also be coming to the Switch too. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> like, one, okay, let's go right, right down the list. Okay, Persona 3 Reload, I think that's a, a safe bet, if anything else, because uh, also to contribute to that, like, again, Persona 3 Reload sold one, over 1 million copies in its first week. Yes. So you think it will also be better if it also comes to the Switch as well? Because, again, Persona 5 Reload, Persona 4 Golden, and all that. Yeah, why not bring the bring the, the games to Nintendo since we have the already ones. Yeah. So it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Also, I want to I want to comment. I think I've mentioned this before, but I believe Persona 3 Reload on Switch 2 is day one. Like, day one. Well, release. better be, it feels like. Yeah. I, I, I feel that way, too. But also, as we'll know, not only was it a million sold in less than a week, but it's the fastest-selling Atlas game ever. Yes. yes. So that showed that they not only did something right, but that they we were people were wanting it. Because yes. you always wonder, are they going to want the remix? They did. They yeah. wanted this one. One million <laughs> people <laughs> wanted it. So yes, I'm just yeah. By all means, I'm happy for it. And, like it because as well. Again, Persona 3 can also run on PS4, and if the Switch 2 is on the same as PS4 level, it shouldn't have no problem. So yeah, yeah. Here's hoping for that. Here's hoping for that. And Metaphor Fantasia, I mean, that will be something. I mean, they had that Shin Megami Tensei Five, so he is hoping also to do that well as well. And like the other Sega games, oh my god, like Nintendo and Sega going, going, coming together again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this, of all three of the rumors, this one feels the most likely because A, we know that Atlas wants to get as much sales for the games as possible as proven by the multi-platform releases of Persona over the last few years. B, if the Switch 2 is anything like the Switch 1, the sales will be there. And there's no if, if it's powerful enough, because it's always about the power now, you know, which is really bad when you think about it. But if, if the Switch 2 is a really big graphical leap and processing leap, then there's no reason not to put them on there. Yep. So... Now, the challenge for me, Will, and Scott will be once this potentially happens, we need to get Faith into Persona. <laughs> yes. 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 Would I actually like it, though? Yes. You will like it. I think like, the deeper things actually can, you can find some relations with it. I think you yeah. will love it. Especially if, especially if we just like give you... I uh, See, I have a hard copy of 5, so you can't download that one. Sorry. But if we get yes, you yeah. 5... You'll find some really great social links between the guys and the gals. So you'll find a waifu or husbando in there somewhere for you. Ooh. See? 
That was all Ooh. it took. That was all it took. See, guys, we got and, this locked up. And I think it may be even easier than Tears of the Kingdom. We actually can get off the island. Actually, there is a very easy difficulty. Yes. I think it was like safety difficulty. Literally yeah. safety difficulty. Yeah. So you can actually go through it no problem. So yes. I think that probably is the game for you, Faith. Yeah. So. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, we, 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 we will guide you, Faith. Go to Persona. <laughs> do what must is there done. cookies on the dark side? Oh, do you I, like shadow cookies? I, do you like cur curry? Do you like curry? <laughs> do you like coffee? Well, that, that depends. Do you? Oh, I was gonna make a really dirty joke here, but I won't. Um, also, I made a very dirty joke earlier with Faith, and she goes, "That sounds very suggestive." I goes, "That's the joke, Faith." <laughs> no, because I thought you were just trying to like make like a funny comment without no. it being dirty. And then I'm like, "Do you realize that you made that dirty?" And then she's like, "Oh, I meant to." And I'm like, "Oh." Yeah, and then I explained the joke, and she starts laughing. I'm like, "Thanks, Faith." Well, no, I knew it was. I knew it sounded dirty, but I'm uh -huh. like, maybe he's not actually. Because every time I think you're trying to be dirty, you're not. So then I'm like, oh, he's not trying to be. Please, if anything, he's Brian and I'm Quagmire. That you should know about this, this dynamic face. <laughs> yeah. And don't don't want me with you, dude. I don't try and be dirty most of the time, but I know that Faith usually understands when I'm making a, a falsely dirty joke because I don't make them that often. And this time she did and went right over her head. And now I will not relate <laughs> what the dirty joke was. It's very personal. Gosh, take it. Um, so, I, again, as always, we're going to keep saying this almost every week. It probably will be. Don't believe the rumors or the reports until they happen. We, we are likely to get a Nintendo Direct this month. Could it be a first party one? Absolutely. Could it be a partner showcase? There is precedent. There is precedent for that. So we'll have to take that as it, as it happens. Will the Switch successor be announced next month? Maybe. We can't discount it, but it is unlikely. But then again, Nintendo made traditional. So who knows what they're going to do? So please take it one step at a time. And we're, we're going to make it through this. But as Will was telling me earlier, salt. Lots and <laughs> lots of salt. So, <coughs> So to piggyback off that, in, as part of the financial data that was released, uh, Nintendo President Shintaro Furukawa noted that they're basically taking nothing for granted when it comes to their upcoming console release. He goes, quote, we approach our business every day with a profound sense of urgency. The generational transition of platforms in the dedicated gaming console business is never easy. We have experienced significant challenges following successful platforms multiple times. Whew! So we never consider our current situation to be totally secure. End quote. Thank God. <laughs> you know, there's a difference between it prints money and why isn't it printing money? You know, I just think there's a difference there. And one of them is a meme. <laughs> and for anyone, and for all you hate-ish out there who think that Nintendo might just stop whether, while they're ahead, that ain't happening. Quote, to continue offering innovative entertainment that can be enjoyed by our customers worldwide, we believe that continuing with our integrated hardware, software, dedicated Gaming console business, such long words, is the best <laughs> strategy at this point, end quote. So they're going to keep making systems, and they're going to keep making games. Because why wouldn't they? They're Nintendo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, they've done it for so long. Again, don't, don't fix what ain't broken. And if we're going to be continuing that Nintendo philosophy of, again, like, of that, of that system... Again, want to continue on with the Switch, then yeah, just continue on to Switch as as it is. And once they are ready to announce Switch Two or Super Nintendo Switch, then yeah, then we'll, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll see it, and hopefully, welcome with open arms and not like the Wii U. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. And uh, we 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 want to comment on a certain other entity 
uh, in the gaming space that has been going through their own weird phase right now with plenty of rumors to go about. But we here at the Outer Haven felt that it's important not to comment on it because we don't have any information. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what to believe with the rumors and reports about, you know, a certain first party possibly going third party. Yeah. So I just want to say we're going to wait it out. There is going to be an event for that company next week that will, will give a business update on things. But I will say, hypothetically, if this company was to go third party and basically not make exclusives anymore and, you know, basically be in such a terrible position that it could never, ever buy Nintendo like a certain person, Bill Spencer, wanted. And this, <laughs> yeah, and this, this was to become official news. My official reaction would be something along the lines of... <laughs> Yeah, uh, that will be what hubris gets you, boy. <laughs> yeah, karma's a bit. <laughs> but again, we don't know what's happening. And for the record, this is the important thing. We do not wish for this company to go out of business. It's obviously not. But uh, we do not want any more layoffs. There have been way too many already in 2024, as we covered a few weeks back. And actually, this particular company is potentially getting hurt by the FTC, again, because of the merger that they just had. So they've got enough problems. Let's not add to it for now. We'll see what happens in a week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now on to actual news. Like serious, we know this happened news. Uh, Octopath Traveler. Mm. Yes, one of the best uh, RPG series of the last several years. I feel comfortable in saying that. Um, their studio, Acquire, that is actual name, Acquire, was, wait for it, acquired by the owner of From Software. <laughs> That's oh. random. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bought a, yeah, acquired by Akatakawa Games. Yes. Yeah. So, first of all, I didn't know From Software had an owner. That's news. Second, I didn't know Acquire wasn't owned by Square Enix. That's news. And according to Katakawa, they're doing it to, quote, expand their IP library. End quote. So, you know, not unlike what a certain other company and even Sony has been doing over the last however many years. And so we don't know presently what this means in the, the large scale, whether we're like, whether this denies access to Octopath Traveler 3, whether this company will continue to make two, HD, 2D, 2.5 HD, uh, I screwed that up, I'm sorry, 2.5 HD games or RPGs in general. We really don't know. Like, this came out of left field, and we're just like, wait, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was like, when when I first heard the news, like, I, I know Katakawa games have, like, again, they're mostly, like, again, based in Japan, and more, and more known for, like, the other anime games. Like, I think, let's see, I think it also did, like, recently for, like, No More Heroes. Like, I know No More Heroes as well as the, I know they could be responsible for the remake of, um, uh, oh, shoot, what was it? Uh, ah, dang it, what was that Suda 51 game with a chainsaw? Crap. Lollipop uh, Chainsaw. Uh, yeah, Lollipop <laughs> Chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. The yeah, yeah. I, yeah that, <laughs> they're responsible for, for handing it down, if I recall correctly. So, yeah, Katakawa Games, with them, I mean, okay, fine. If they're allowed to make something a unique title, then by all means, fine. But again, speculation. We have to wait and see. Yeah. So, we know it's coming, or we know it's happened. Like, we saw the official report. Um, I'm curious what this means because Path Traveler 3, I really do. But, you know, if, if the team behind 
you know, they would say, hey, why don't you make like something more like what from software does? We could get Octopath Souls. Or travel tra Traveler Souls. There you go. Oh, no. That's Dark, a title. That's Dark, a title. Dark Octopath. <laughs> Demon Octopath. Oh, the possibilities, gentlemen. Hire us. I'm just throwing out all of our resumes today. Like, I am in a I want to get hired mood. So, like, the you know, toy, co toy companies. Have you looked up Zippo yet, Faith? Uh, toy companies, Nintendo, movie companies from software. You know, we're, high, we're, we're available. We're all available. <laughs> all we ask is for a million dollars a year. I think that's reasonable. You know, we're worth it, especially me, because I'm the host. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you could probably pay off Faith with Taco Bell. I, I mean, that's that's just simplistic. That's true. See? <laughs> Taco Bell and Pokemon cards, and I'll be happy. And Lorcana. Yeah, like, yes. yeah, Burger King. How about bring back Poke put those Pokemon cards back? Come on. You had a good thing, Burger King. Yeah. Uh, have it your way. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be interesting to see develop. And it really makes me wonder what other companies that Square Enix has been working with aren't actually under their banner. Like, uh, what was the one behind Remake? Uh, uh, not Remake. Um, RPG Remake. Dang it. Super Mario RPG Remake. Was that Rezo? <laughs> Rezo or something like that? Grezo. Grezo. Yeah. Are, they, yeah, are yeah. they owned by them? I really don't know. So, everything I know is a lie. <laughs> Trapped in a glass case of emotion. So, we'll have to keep our eye on that for sure. Um, speaking of which, Square Enix had some let's call it unique thoughts on gaming recently. And I'm going to, this was via with their investor meetings. And they basically talked about what they felt the future of gaming was and how they needed to save themselves from potentially crashing and burning quote unquote on future games. So here's what they said. As a result of digitization and other technological advances, consumer games content is increasingly sold via downloads rather than physical packages. More on that later. Uh, monetization methods such as free-to-play, microtransactions, and subscriptions have also given rise to a greater diversity of business models outside the confines of traditional one-off sales. As such, the consumer game market continues to grow. New releases tend to be met with either marked success or marked failure as players throng, yes, throng, to <laughs> a handful of major titles, end quote. So this could have been our main event tonight, but I, I, I'm fine with just labeling it as news because I... I don't agree with how they're labeling this. Yeah, when I just hearing that statement out, like uh, one, I'm I'm so sad. Like the, the CEO is shared the same thing as Kiryu. I'm sorry, that really pisses me off at the moment. And <laughs> yeah, just that statement. Okay, one, the digital and physical. Uh, no, yeah. no, I I'm forever gonna be the, the proponent of physical media because again, once you have digital and you let them have digital ownership, that's it. They can take it away from you. You don't own it. Yeah, as that. proven by Crunchyroll recently. <laughs> yes, and Funimation. Yeah. And Funimation. Rip, rip, rip Funimation. <clears throat> and we love that. Again, all that, but that. That's another topic. But And then that second part. We're going to live service. I'd be, Mark I'd be a Mark Success or Mark Failure. Like, um, Square Enix, might I remind you, you're closing down one of your like many gotcha fronts, especially with Near Reincarnation, which I don't know how many years that thing was on until you decide for end of service, Near Reincarnation. Like, yeah, your gacha games, and of course, First Soldier, which was barely a year. Like, yeah. Um, yeah that one, I didn't even try to play. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're the, your whole live service, again, this whole, it was in the game, is being live services. You already know that thing is, is 
really not a very good business model. Nobody likes it. It's very unpopular. Blizzard trying to do it with Overwatch 2. Like, look at that, how they're doing. Like, you see, on, the only major success was with Fortnite. And that's because, again, with the many IPs and support they have it behind the thing. You, you want to go and try to chase after that success? Like, no. Unless you actually do something good with it, you're not going to be successful. It's just really... I just hate how Square Enix just continues to think that the, the whole, yeah, again, games as a service and like, oh, you have to buy extra more microtransactions at above the, the, the price of entry of $70 or whatever. It's just like, it's, 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 it's infuriating. It's infuriating. Yeah, hopefully we have a wake-up call with all of these live service games that are getting like shut down and people realize just they can't do anything once the games are shut down, so you can't actually have fun with them. And I, also, a lot of these live service games aren't even really that fun unless they actually make good gameplay instead of just good incentive to play who's the squad (laughs) but look here's my here's my thoughts on this and i'm gonna be very succinct on the matter they're wrong (laughs) like this is you can say oh but there were look at this look at this look at this what's the most hyped game in 2024 right now like that is about to come out Rebirth. rebirth rebirth which is wait for it a single player narrative driven title which has no live service elements now it could have dlc like what happened with integrate but that's an entirely different thing entirely all right yeah. no, one's, no one's mad at dlc unless it's bad dlc all right after game's completion yes exactly and but everyone is excited everyone who cares is excited for this because it's going to be a big world grand experience the demo shows that it's going to have great graphical quality voice acting etc Oh, etc. The state of play showed, you know, the hundreds of the hundred hours of gameplay you can do between the mini games, the virtual stuff, going on a date with Tifa, and no one else. <laughs> there is no other option. Okay, um, Tifa for life. But um, you know, they like they show like they did. This is a game you're going to want to play, and this was made in like what, like four years, and that yet you have games like Suicide Squad, which has been in the works for like four plus years, if not five, six, seven. And they, they've already not only not made an impact, but I saw an article today that on Steam, after the release of Suicide Squad, people stopped playing that to go try to play Arkham Knight, which I'm like, first of all, why aren't you playing <laughs> Arkham City? All right. And second of all, the reason that this is, their, I don't like their crash and burn aesthetic is that that's not on gamers, that's on you. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'll use not Square Enix as an example, but Microsoft. Because they, last year, had multiple titles that had good developers behind it, had you know a good amount of hype behind it, and then one game in Redfall, sorry, Faith, and one game in Redfall was just <laughs> terrible at launch. It was ridiculed by all. And then we found out that the developer didn't even want to make it, that they were hoping that when Xbox bought Bethesda, they would cancel the game outright. How's that for Faith? Not you, Faith, actual Faith. Uh, <laughs> I have to differentiate sometimes. And then there's Starfield, the game that's been worked on for seven years, seven, eight years by their own admission. And it's one of the most divisive games out there because you'll hear either it's the game of the century or why is this more boring than Skyrim? But Skyrim's not boring, as I'm saying, as a point of fact. Skyrim was awesome. (laughs) Skyrim's good. Skyrim's a good game. Skyrim's good. I mean, you have to fight a dragon within the first hour versus Starfield where you have to go 10 hours before you do anything meaningful. And that's you you can mine in the first hour. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I can do that in Minecraft. That's like fraction of the price. Yeah. 
Yeah, and also, what have we heard meaningful about Starfield since its launch? Oh, it did like the biggest launch on you know for Bethesda ever. Yeah, because it's on Game Pass, where people don't have to buy it. And then yep. what what happened later? We heard nothing about it except for promised updates, mod support, then not mod support because even the modders thought the game was boring, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so, you got to have a special game for even the modders to give up on it. Exactly. Mm, yep, yep, yep. And what does this speak to? It speaks to quality of games. It doesn't speak to about what the gamers want. If you provide a good game, whether it's live service, mobile, console, or anything in between, they will find a way to get to it. A great example, Hi-Fi Rush. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that yeah. game, and also another Xbox reference, so there you go. Be happy. But like that game was shadow-dropped. In the middle of a direct, which they the name they stole obviously, but uh, damn heathens. Uh, <laughs> but they dropped Hi-Fi Rush, and people were like, you know what, this looks interesting. And what was it? It was one of the coolest games of the year. It sold, I think, it sold like over a million copies, you know. And this was with no hype, no real build. It was just a reveal trailer, and it was out. And we loved it for those who played it because it had good music, it had fun gameplay, it had a unique visual style. It felt fresh and that led to positive word of mouth that's how gaming works if you make yep. something quality like really quality you're gonna you're gonna succeed baldur's gate there's another great example mm -hmm, that's a good one exactly yes. i'm the host but <laughs> baldur's gate how much hype really had baldur's gate had had baldur's gate did baldur's gate have there we go i know how to use words did baldur's gate have going into 2023 I mean, it was coming. It was it was going to be out, you know, and they did like a long early access run. But where was the hype? You know, it was Tears of the Kingdom. It was, uh, you know, Mario Odyssey when that happened or Marvel Spider-Man 2 and Final Fantasy 16 and Resident Evil 4 Remake and whatever. Then Baldur's Gate comes out. People get their hands on it and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is an awesome D&D style <laughs> game. And I'm not even a D&D player, they would cry, including myself. I've only played it a few times or D&D, I mean. So positive word of mouth, quality gameplay, it works. And that actually leads to, I kid you not, a message from the Shatterverse. <laughs> oh, man, I haven't heard this guy for a while. Yeah, our dear Tyler was actually supposed to be on the show tonight, and he regretfully couldn't because of technical difficulties. But he, he wanted me to relay this message, and sadly for you, Tyler, I will not steal credit because I am a benevolent host. And, you know, I have pity on you because you're still stuck in the Shatterverse. Um, <laughs> Also, curiously, he never finished watching Sonic Prime. So, you know, what does that say about his fandom? But uh, <laughs> he goes, people always bash Nintendo for how slow they are to, quote, get with the times. But the Xbox News shows what they're referring to the potential third party switching, why they move slowly. I think Nintendo's pace is superior to these other companies that flake this way in order to win a good day of publicity. Uh, he talked about E3. I won't, I'll skip that. But he goes, we're seeing games get more expensive because people... More people need to work on them to create massive but empty worlds. Nintendo says, no, 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 we don't need that. We need the game to be fun. I feel this is a massive validation of Nintendo leadership, end quote. And I totally agree. If you look at 2023 alone, look at the titles that came out consistently throughout the entire year, okay? Start with Fire Emblem uh, Engage. You know, dating Sim with some RPG elements. Let's just be honest here. <laughs> I mean, come on. We know it's true. Also, Ivy is best girl. Um, moving on, then we had some multi-platform releases, like with Octopath Traveler 2, dedicated RPG, no waifu elements, ironically enough. You know, see, there are variety out there. <laughs> and uh, Or Ceresa and the Lost Demon, 
which was, you know, your fairy tale action adventure title. That was cool. Adva- then it was Advance Wars, you know, a very tactical RPG game. Then you had this little thing called Tears of the Kingdom, massive action adventure title where you can get lost in an island for two. <laughs> so your big brother comes and bails you out. <laughs> exactly. Who did that? Who did that indeed? I wonder. Then you had uh, you, then you had big DLC releases like with uh, the Xenoblade Chronicles Future Redeemed and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet uh, Hidden Treasure of Area Zero. So big DLC titles. Then you had Pikmin Four, uh, ter- uh, a strategy well, RTS. There we go, RTS title. Then you have Mario Super Mario Wonder. You know your plat- 2D platformer. Then WarioWare. Uh, was it Move It? Right. I think so. I don't yeah. know. I didn't play it. <laughs> they, exactly. WarioWare, move it with, you know, all the micro games and then Super Mario RPG remake, you know, your classic turn-based RPG once again. That one I did play. <laughs> that one I did. I played, I played that one too. But here's the funny thing. I, I can't vouch for the DLC for obvious reasons, but the, the unifying factors, factors, I will say, in, the, in all these games, they were all quality. They were all good at launch. Exception of the Pokemon DLC. We all we all about that now. <laughs> and every single one of them, I can, val- I can validate this. Every single major first party title was a million seller. Yep. Every mm-hmm. yep. single one. Now I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute, Todd. Wasn't there one other Nintendo first party release last year? We don't talk about everybody one two switch. <laughs> <laughs> even Nintendo knew that was a failure and they didn't even try and promote that. But so I totally got... forgot that even released last year. See? <laughs> so who really remembers that? But so aside from that d- disaster, Nintendo put quality in their titles, they took the time, did them right, and they had a fantastic 2023 because they actually cared about the games. And they had multiple successes from January to December. Can Sony and Xbox say that? No, I don't think they can. So, so this isn't about crashing and burning. This isn't about, um, you know, how big the game is or how much the game costs, as Tyler would say. It's about do you put the quality into every game you make? Nintendo does. And Gotta make you... a game that people want to actually play. Yeah. Or how about, how about how about this one? How about Sega? Like the Yakuza games? They've made ten Yakuza games in ten years, and they were all pretty good, as Will would tell you. Mm-hmm. including the most recent ones with the man who forgot his name and infinite wealth which is like a beloved title in 2024 already mm-hmm. so, and then you throw in persona shimigami tensei you know they put the time into it they make the quality games and then they release them that's how it works they don't need in in, in the uh the yakuza people even i know it's called like a dragon i don't care um this yakuza gosh dang it um the Yakuza people have been talking about this recently. They said, like, you know, a lot of people like to try and reboot things or do completely clean slates. We feel that that's actually kind of disingenuous. It's like you're, you know, rebooting every single time versus us where we're just continuing the story. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and if, if you can make it quality, you can do that. Versus what a lot of people, other people do, which is, oh, we have to do this bigger, grander, epicer, which I know is not a word. But, and then how many times do they fail? And I'll give you an example of one that Scott played uh, today, I believe. Uh, the demo for Skull and Bones. Yes, I did try playing that. Yeah, that <laughs> game has been in development forever. Ubisoft finally is about to release it. And according to Scott on our Discord, it's very hard to understand. And it's just not fun so far. Yeah, it might be fun once I get past some of the, I guess, early growing pains. <laughs> mm, yeah. But, uh... That sounds familiar. <laughs> that sounds we'll familiar. See. So... 
and there and there you go. So this isn't Square Enix about you know what gamers will buy. Don't be mad because Square Final Fantasy 16 didn't sell as much as you wanted. And we're still mad at you for not plugging The World Ends With You as much as you should have, because that could have been a multi-million seller if you actually had the balls to promote it like you should. <laughs> yeah. That's what I know. Yeah. Says so you tell them, Faith. So it really disappoints me where they go, oh, but like live service. But how many live service games actually works? And going back to Fortnite, it's not just about the IP factor. It's the gameplay's fun. And it wasn't even an original gameplay idea. They stole it. They're from PUBG. <laughs> they yes. stole it from PUBG, but they made it better. And they keep adding new elements to keep people coming. So, And remember, it's still free to play. So it's literally just like a certain faction of the fan base that says, hey, oh, I want this skin. I want this skin. I want this skin. Oh, my gosh, they're bringing back Star Wars. I got to get that skin again. Or <laughs> I, I didn't get the chance to get that skin before. They make it enticing, but not every game can pull that off. And that's just the truth. Yes. I mean, how often can you say I want to have Solid Snake face off against Peter Griffin? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's just worse than the time I met Solid Snake. I don't. That uh, wasn't probably my best impression, but you get the idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it really angers me when, you know, companies regardless not just square enix but other companies go like well this one's a success so we have to model this no this one was a lightning in a bottle situation and we've seen that over and over again across, across multiple properties including marvel right now but the they're mm. floundering they're like oh but we need to do this no that's not the point it's not about just getting they've been shoving out shows and movies for years now and how's that working for them like how many of them are actually memorable or good it has to be quality through and through and we'll come to it Period. And it will buy, and as Will said, we're definitely going to buy physical over digital. All the sales you often hear from the big companies is physical sales because they don't reveal the digital sales for one reason or another. So, yeah. Stop being stupid, Square Enix. <laughs> this, is why you this is why you lost the choir to From Software. <laughs> well, these guys want to do like live service games, and I don't want to do Octopath live service, so let's just move on. Uh uh, don't give me a sort of octopath with octopath. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Oh my gosh. Ooh, armored octopath. There you go. Just throwing a bunch of mechs. <laughs> armored octopath. You know, boss is going to go and jump on that, perhaps. Maybe. Mm. I mean, you know, life finds a way. Will, life finds a way. All right, we're going to skip the last two stories. are really minor anyway. And go right into our main event. We're actually going to talk about Pal World. Yes, I know we just felt like we did a main event discussion, but we're going to do another one. <laughs> and it's about you're going to like it. <laughs> if, if, yeah, you're going to have to because we're talking about it. So this is about Pal World, and I, even though we haven't heard much from Pal World in the overall since its launch and its record-breaking numbers, there was a discussion I came across upon on Reddit of all places, and where I used to frequent a lot, then I just you know didn't. <laughs> I, I learned my lesson, but. Uh, what they, what a bunch of people noticed is that there are, there's a big divide in the community about whether Pokemon or Pal World is better. And obviously, we, as we talked about like a week or two ago, you know, it's going to be about what you like. But one thing they noted is that it seems that Pal World has a large contingent of people who agree that it's better than Pokemon in one element, and it has to do with evolution. And we're going to break this down in an intent discussion.
All right, so here's what was said. And it was, again, it was on Reddit, and it goes, it's basically about how world is better because it doesn't have evolution. It has fusions, which you could do, which is an entirely different thing. But there's no evolutions in the game. So the pals you get, no matter where you get them, they are unique. They are individuals, and they are one of many creatures that fill this world. And in contrast, Pokemon is one where you have this like large Pokedex of 100-plus creatures for each region, but a large number of them are basically evolutions. And so the real uniqueness is much smaller than you'd think. So as this Reddit user said, quote, it's definitely been the most surprising. It actually feels like there's a hundred of these little guys, even if most of them aren't optimal. They all serve some purpose that's not just exist to turn into this other monster, end quote. And I'm curious about this because we talked about this in the past with the launches, especially of, of Sword and Shield and Scarlet and Violet, that while Pokemon has built itself on the concept of evolution in many respects, over time, the Pokemon company has gotten really cheeky about ev evolutions and how you have to get them. Mm -hmm. And the best example I want to give is from the most recent games with the Pokemon called Gimme Ghoul. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. If you recall, Gimme Ghoul is the Pokemon where you can find them in treasure chests or just on random posts all over the world. And if you find them, they'll give you a coin. You have to get a thousand of these coins, and then you can evolve your Gimme Ghoul into Gold Dango, which basically looks like a golden version of the Applejack's mascot. Yeah. That evolution mod is the window mod. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah and so I went through, all, I, I didn't because I had, you know, integrity and didn't do it. But I know other people were like, I collected a thousand of these coins looking all over the Paldea region for this Gumi Ghoul. And that's the evolution I got? Like, really? And there are so many more evolutions out there that I could point this to and say, like, you know, that's a bad evolution, that's a bad evolution, that's a bad evolution. You know, why does this take so long to get? Or like, like far-fetched. When it got an evolution in Galar, you had to get three critical hits in a single battle. Do you know how hard that is? Like, really? That's... Really? Three in one fight? And of course, in the anime, they couldn't say that at all. As I watched when Farfetch'd the bubble. I'm like, that's not pretty critical hits. I can guarantee you that. Cheaters. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? Is evolution a hindrance to Pokemon nowadays? Or is it just that because Pal, Pal World feels new because of the quote, variety of these pals that you don't miss the evolution? Faith, I want to start with you since you've been, since you played Pal World a lot at the start. You know, I find it an interesting concept to think about because when I started Pal World, I really didn't think about evolutions because I'm like, okay, this is a, like I said last podcast, um, when we talked about Power World, I'm like, okay, this to me is a fan-made Pokemon game that has mixtures of all the other games to where I went into it thinking, hmm, this is really cool. And I didn't expect there to be evolutions, obviously, and they're not in there. So it's like, I didn't think much about it. But looking at it from a perspective now of being like, okay, Pokemon, I feel like at this point is, I want to use the term eat up with evolutions to where it's like, if you are not evolving your Pokemon and not, you know, battling with evolutions, it's like you're not good at the game at all. You don't get anywhere and you don't really progress. And it's like now it's gotten to a point to where like even in Pokemon Go or the mainstream games on the Switch and stuff, you have to do all of these incredible 
like things to be able to evolve the Pokemon, even if that's going and finding the stone that's in a cave or, you know, having all these candies or doing this and doing that. And it's like, while that gives you, like, for me, that gives me something to do, something to, you know, keep playing the game for and not like, okay, well, I battled all these people. Now what am I going to do? Like, yeah, it gives you something more to do. But I feel like also at the same time, Power World and Pokemon are two very different games because Power World is more of a survival game to where you do have a lot more to do. You have to go and make your own base, keep that base up, be able to, you know, you can get on a server with other people and you can make your own like, like little clan slash club thing and like keep everybody alive. It's a lot different of a game to where I don't know if I would even compare the two, but it's like... When I get asked the question of which do I prefer, I feel like I do like that in Pokemon, we do get to take the time to evolve our Pokemon. You get the surprise of it if you don't know what the Pokemon already looks like, and it's like an added quest. But then I also like the simplicity of Power World and not having to grind as much to be able to just play the game. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in same same ideas as well, Fave. Like these Power World and Pokemon are two separate things. I like yes, Power World is definitely influenced regarding to many of the IPs like Pokemon, Digimon, all those collector collector bonds that you've, you've seen throughout the years. And like for Palmon, yeah, Pow pa 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 Palmon, Power World, <laughs> Palmon is <laughs> that's a Digimon. I know that's a Digimon. Yeah. Palmon, Digimon, two, Togamon. <laughs> so, yeah, Power, like, their appeal is just, again, the sheer variety. And, of course, naturally, the guns. You got to have the guns. This is America, yada, yada. And, of course, like, like the whole building base concept at all. Like, yeah, that that's in itself is, is an appealing aspect. Like, you have make your own base with said pals to actually yeah they actually can help you do something sure it's a little bit on a board on the slavery side of things but it, it works and it, it, people find it very fun and the fact you can also like yeah just cuddle them up and put in mods in, in these things like i see so many like uh, like scott you, you pretty much see like the hollow live mods you see like the little yes. girl forest and yes. all that like you see all these different mods uh, in power world it's just like it makes it so much more fun and like yeah i can definitely see the appeal of it and then there's Pokemon, like that 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 IP itself is like it has an extensive amount of history, and the evolutions has always been a staple of like the Pokemon world. Like you want to know how this cute little thing can go into like a vicious monster, and like yeah, that's always been like an appeal of it. Like it doesn't hinder it. I don't think so. Like as as Faith said, it's two separate IPs, two separate things of that exist in here in the gaming industry. And like Pokemon is just it's Pokemon. Evolution is part of the part of the world. And again, it's like you want to see how how it grows up, how like what kind of form, like what what's it gonna be? Who's that Pokemon? It's literally in their slogan. So like you want that it always has been part of their uh I guess their philosophy slash mantra like it, it works for them while power is like they do their own thing it takes some influences and yeah and people love it so yeah I, i'm, I'm kind of in the realm of that in the cap of that it's just it's two it's separate entities in my opinion all right scott yeah i want to go along alongside with those i do think that they are separate and i think that whole separation also i think alludes to the differences of evolution versus not evolution 
I mean, you could argue like, yes, they're all unique and stuff because they're not evolutions. But also have to remember that, especially with like the previous Pokemon, the evolutions look completely different now. At least most of them. There are some that are pretty much exactly the same, like the dolphin one. <laughs> until you know he's not. Until the, the the dolphin's not the same when he switches out. But you know, yeah, a lot of a lot of them change drastically how they look when they evolve. So I don't think that's as a uh, big deal. But also at the same time, Pokemon generally do more than well. They usually have more than just like a hundred. I think Power has like a hundred and nine pals total. Whereas Pokemon, well, I mean, we're in the thousands, but yeah. <laughs> Whenever they have a new one, they have about that a hundred new ones that they'll add, but they still will have a lot of the older ones in it too. They usually have around like 200, 300 Pokemon in a game. That's true. <clears throat> so even if so you say there, say like half of those Pokemon do evolve into something else, that's still around the same amount of unique forms. Mm -hmm if you want to argue that way. Yeah. So overall, the whole uniqueness of Pals and Pokemon, I think is more of a pedantic kind of thing to try to touch on of just like, well, Pal World's better because it doesn't have evolutions. And it's just like, that's that's just a small little nitpick because that's not really a big part of Pal World in the first place. Getting the, the Pal designs are kind of big, but the most... In, like the biggest thing about Powell is the survival, is the crafting, is the trying to find out what's at the end of the tree, which um, the tree's still not able to get to yet. <laughs> oh. It's like it's an early access or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and another thing that hasn't been brought up is that yet while there are a bunch of, you know, evol evolution Pokemon, there are plenty of Pokemon that don't evolve. Yes. At the least of which are the legendaries. But how many, Todd? I want to know exactly how many. How many in total? Like of the 1,000 yes. we have? Yes. I can look that up. Okay. Yeah. All right. How many Pokemon uh, don't evolve? There you go. That's old. Um, <laughs> no, I know. I, I mean, like, it's from 2013. So, obviously, that's a little. Um, not finding i mean they're finding some good ones uh they they list them i'm not getting like a definitive number um okay okay how many pokemon in total don't evolve there we go uh oh, here we go no it's from 10 years ago uh man like where's the <laughs> we need relevant data gosh dang it all right hold on let me check out this one i must know the number i must know the number i must know um here i gods um okay I, I i'm gonna send you a discord link and you can just count them for yourself because oh my goodness you're making me do the work but you're the <laughs> hey big brother knows how to crack the whip call it a family trait <laughs> she got such a joke. just like power no <laughs> yeah, just like power. see there are things that transfer so uh but there are a lot there's i would gosh I would say at least twenty to thirty percent. So that's two to three hundred Pokemon. I mean, yes, there are plenty that evolve, but again, that that is part of the game's nature. It's to yeah. evolve. It's to grow. And some of them have like you know two, three, four evolutions. And Eevee has eight. I mean, Eevee on its own has eight evolutions. So you know that's a lot. And you know yeah. we'll probably get another one soon. I'm still waiting for Spectarion, for the record, the ghost type Eevee. <laughs> I think it would look really cool. Um, 
but you know there are plenty that don't evolve not least which are the legendaries which is a what you're going after more times than not and there are a lot of cool pokemon that don't have evolutions and then they sometimes come up with pokemon to be a pre-evolution because of course they do yeah sometimes pokemon don't evolve and then the next game they do yeah. randomly randomly <laughs> or they'll have or they'll have variants because of the new region there is because they want to be at least somewhat scientific so yeah, yeah. so I think this. I think we did a good t chat on this because it's not just about whether they're better than the other. It's about do they fit the game's design. Power World is not about evolving your creatures or even fusing your creatures. It's about having the right ones to survive with you, be your labor workforce, or be the best <laughs> meal possible. Yeah, Faith apparently didn't realize I was actually being honest about they could eat their pals, and then she found out the hard way that that was. <laughs> I knew that you could accidentally eat them or whatever, but I didn't know they could just die in battle. I'm yeah. like, oh, I thought I had choices. But then I'm like, oh, they can just die? Yeah, it ain't Pokemon. They don't faint. They yeah. die. Also, did you hear yeah, what Yeah, and then I'm like, this is too hardcore for my fragile mind. Yeah, also, did you hear what she said? You could accidentally eat your pal. How did you accidentally... Well, no, I'm meaning like, you know, you could choose the button, eat pal accidentally. I don't know, but... That's not an accident! Did... If I'm putting the pal in the pot, and I'm putting seasoning over what's left of the pal, that ain't an accident! Okay, girl, that ain't an accident! I am having gourmet pal tonight, and I will feast like a king! Okay? <laughs> so, maybe Faith needs to look up the word accident and see what its actual definition is. We'll we'll, we'll save that for next time on the, on the MEP channel. <laughs> same bat time, same bat channel. And so with that, we will end this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. What do you think about the evolution debate? Is it okay that Pokemon still relies a lot on evolution? Or should it be more like Palo and try to have more individual uh, creatures to carry the game? Let us know. Also, what do you think about the Switch successes recently in both hardware and software? And do you believe any of the rumors that have been coming out recently about the successor or the Nintendo Direct and the third-party people, etc., etc.? And where do you uh, find yourself landing on the Square Enix bubble of, you know, games have to be this or it has to be this or it's going to crash or it's going to burn or blah, blah, blah. Let us know in the comments below. So, for Falcon Fight, Skull Kid Scott, Warrior Will, I am Triforce Todd, and ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not allies. made it to the end of the level, so raise the flag.